Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel, Garrett Jacobs Meyer, and Alex Jefferson. How are we doing? Wonderful. Not good. <laughs> Why am I, yeah, am I going I by Jefferson now? <laughs> I said Alex Jefferson, no? Oh, I, I heard Jefferson and I was like, what, why is he calling me by my last name? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just a little off because we started four minutes later than we were scheduled to. Um, I know people like hey. Derek Cole have a problem oh, with that. Yeah. Really threw me off, okay? Yeah, the festivities lasted a little too long there. It really threw me off and made me give up three runs without getting it out. Um, <laughs> Garrett Cole sucks. Anyways, so it's we're okay, recording it's okay this. Because, you know what? Juice balls are going to bail us out. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I mean, they didn't today. Um, <laughs> we're recording this after the Red Sox just lost to the Tigers. Um, so we'll talk about that. But also, obviously, we're going to recap the Yankees series. Uh, we're four games into the season. This podcast is about real baseball games that have been played, and I am super excited to talk about it. It didn't go that great for us, but I'm still excited to talk about it. Uh, so let's start with that Yankees series. Um, opening day. You start off three runs against Garrett Cole. You're like, this is great. Socks are back. Here we go. Garrett Cole still sucks. Left off where, wait, picked up where he left off against us in the wild card game where he was horrible. Um, still bad at baseball without his spider tack. But the Red Sox end up losing that game. Um, <clears throat> and they lose the next game. But then they come back with a win last night to salvage the series, take two out of, or take one. Lose two out of three to the Yankees, and then they lose today. Um, what do we think about that that Yankees series? Um, not a lot of runs. That's what I take away from that. Couldn't get on base. Yeah. Couldn't get on base, and when you were in, you were in scoring position, couldn't bring him in. Having six guys or having three guys at the bottom of your lineup that can't get a hit does not not help. It does not make a successful was, baseball team. It was painful. It was predictable and painful to see that bottom of the lineup. Look, I mean, this is why I didn't like Jackie Bradley Jr. before he went to the Brewers, and this is why I wasn't happy when we traded for him back. He is like a pitcher up there. He just can't hit. It's an automatic out. And it's one thing if you have one guy like that, but then when you have guys in the lineup like Jonathan Aruz and Travis Shaw today. Travis Shaw. um, Yeah, I mean, it's awful. Like Today's lineup with those three at the bottom of the order that third of our lineup was like a minor league lineup. You had Vasquez hitting six. Like, that's just not going to do it. And I know Trevor Story was out because he was sick, and I don't know why Bobby Dahlbeck wasn't in. But even with those two guys, it's still you still are going to have one of those three playing for the most part. Unless, I mean, I think Joey kind of mentioned <laughs> how Alex or uh, Christian Arroyo should become the starting right fielder, and he thinks he will. I think already is the time for that. I'm done. It's been four games. I'm done with JBJ already. Like you, It's not like he's new to the team. You know what you're going to get from him. You know you'll get that one hot month, but outside of that month, he just can't hit, and I'm already sick of it. The um, the guys at the bottom nine of our, our lineup, or the bottom three of our guys at the lineup today have a combined OBP of one, like point one across <laughs> all three of them. Like That's so bad. It's it's not surprising though is the funny thing. It just like I mentioned last time, it disappoints me that this is where we at because it's not like we expected anything different from JBJ or we expected anything different from Travis Shaw. <laughs> exactly. You know going into it that that's what they're going to give you. Like it's a, it's one thing with like Kike Hernandez who's had a horrible start to the season 
I don't think he's gotten a hit yet. Nope. That's not what you expected. You know Kike is not going to stay like that. You know he's better than that. With these three guys at the end of the lineup, you don't expect anything more because they're not better than this. This is who they are. They're not major league baseball players. Well, and it, it begs the question of when do you when do you call the guys up that you know could fill their roles? Like when do you call Duran back up or um, Casas? Casas. Oh, Fitzy, Fitzy, Fitzy. Like when do you when do you make the move and you're like, okay, these three guys are not doing anything. Okay. Hold up, you just filled you just filled all three roles there. Fitzy is the infielder and for John then Rose. Casas is the first baseman for Travis Shaw. Duran's the outfielder for JBJ. Boom. See ya. See, yep. if I can do it, like, come on. <laughs> it's not that hard. And honestly, even if those three aren't great production-wise, at least you don't, like, know that that's what you're going to get. At least you have potential from these guys. At least Duran provides a spark in other ways. At least, I, I don't know. It's just I'm tired of seeing the same old thing that I saw years ago with JBJ. It just really bothers me that we just have to be in the situation again. And we have no spark I, and no life and no smile and nothing to look forward to at all. <laughs> I love um, Duran as a nine hole guy. I mean, you love you. You want to have speed at that, at that ninth spot. And, you know, he provides a decent glove like that. That could be very beneficial for us to have at the bottom of the lineup, especially like, you know, he might strike out a lot, but at least he's not, you know, grounding into double plays like JBJ. JBJ did not hit a ball past the infield today. He's awful. Like, he was awful in Milwaukee too. He's just never been good. Um, also, Real quick, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, since coming on the podcast, he's batting um, 636 right now with three homers in 11 <laughs> at-bats. Yeah. Um, I mean, buddy, let's get him up here. Come on, Heim. I, don't, I mean, I don't, he like, is us and only us to thank. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, that's, only, the, only, <laughs> the only reason he's not up here is because, like, he's played three games. So who cares? So, well, I, you know, I wish that baseball JB higher ups Kier- didn't have to have this sample size and the blah blah blah. Like JBJ sucks. John and Aruz sucks. Give me Ryan Fitzgerald now. Give me yeah. Jaron Duran yesterday. Give me to give me him. Like come on. There's no there's also, no reason to wait around. <laughs> Fitz, Fitzy's slugging one point four five. Like that's come insane. On. And, like, I get we're four games in the season. Some may call this an overreaction. No. Um, <laughs> Ryan Fitzgerald, hey, you three know games in the season, is going crazy. Why can't he be going crazy this up here to start the season? This offense has looked asleep. They need, like, a little jolt. Like, they need a little charge, someone to, like, get them going. Like, why, why, why not any of those guys that we've mentioned? Yeah, as people close to me know, when I eat a bag of M&Ms, it's like I'm on crack. They need that. They need those M&Ms in their lineup. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but what kind of M&Ms? Oh, the original. I I'm basic. You're so you're so boring. Those are for energy, I love for enjoyment. Peanut M&Ms. Peanut M&Ms, um the caramel ones are good. Uh the pretzel ones are good. All M&Ms are good. Yeah, the they peanut are. butter ones. The peanut butter ones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Those are the best um, ones. Yeah, but that's what Ryan Fitzgerald is, a peanut butter M&M. Um, they are the best. Yeah. They're the best. They're such the best ones. They're number one. They're so much better than any other kind of peanut butter ones. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then that's an issue, obviously. And then the bullpen, um, for the record, has been really good. They were awesome in the Yankees series, only giving up one earned run in like 14 innings or whatever. But it's a very similar with the lineup. Like the lineup, you have the guys that you know are good, like Devers and 
JD and Bogarts and blah, blah, blah. But in the bullpen, you have the guys you know are going to be good, like Whitlock and Robles now and whoever. But then you still have those weak links at the end, like you have Ash in the lineup with JBJ and Aruz. Yeah, but you have Ryan Brazier, Austin Davis. <laughs> Out of here, please. We want to talk Thumbs about... down. <laughs> We want to talk about why on earth Alex Cora decided that putting Brazier in today was a good idea. I love Alex Cora. I'm very upset his, about his that. bullpen decisions are questionable a lot of the time. Sometimes, well, <laughs> well, what he's a believer he in throwing guys out there until they prove you wrong. Yeah, throwing you know out there mean? until they're gassed and can't pitch anymore. Yeah, well, well, first off, Ryan Brazier, he's already. In the Pablo Sandoval Award ladder, he is far and away number one. Easy. Um, For sure. Actually, I, you know, cool. him and Jackie, whatever. <laughs> I think I think it, if we voted, it would be unanimous Brazier number one. Mm-hmm. When he came in today, I, we knew exactly what was going to happen. Middle mm-hmm. of the lineup, you throw out Ryan Brazier. You might as well throw out the Tigers' first base coach to throw batting practice to Javi Baez. Mm-hmm. You knew what was going to happen. It was just a really – inexcusable move in my opinion with the guys that you have out there like Whitlock was available today not saying you have to go to him but literally anyone else would have been better than Ryan Brazier yeah well so Whitlock was available but this is part of the problem that we had last season is we relied so much on the top tier guys in our bullpen like Whitlock you can't go to him every game you got to have guys around Mm -hmm. him you have to have a, a filled out bullpen with all of them have to be major league caliber pitchers for a competitive well, team. Well, Whitlock didn't pitch yesterday. You used Deekman and uh, Robles, your other two high leverage guys. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I don't understand why Ryan Brazier keeps getting opportunities. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is not only is he pitching for us, he's getting high leverage opportunities for no reason. Like, why is he coming oh, yeah, in in mean- such a close game? I'd understand if they were putting him in in like the fifth inning, like to relieve Waka, but like the eighth with guys on. What are we doing? By the way, shout out Michael Waka for not being bad. Yeah, not nearly as bad. Yeah, like I thought. <laughs> yeah, hey, and scared me in the very first inning too. Um, okay, but I think I mean every starting pitcher has scared me thus far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One thing that I want to get to later, but I feel like now is a good time, is I wanted to kind of give our, our rankings of who we trust in the bullpen right now, kind of most trustworthy to least trustworthy so far. Um, I can go first. It's a pretty simple list for me. You got Whitlock, Diekman, and Robles as like the top three. Strom, Sawamora, and I'm putting Cutter Crawford there already. I'm kind of liking what he has so far. Um, Phillips Valdez is just, he's there. Matt Barnes sucks. I don't, whatever. Uh, and then Austin Davis and Ryan Brazier, like, for all I care, they could just fall in a ditch somewhere and everyone just forgets about them. And I, I yep. go next. I, I've liked what I've seen. I liked a lot what I saw from Deacon last night against the Yankees. Um, I think that's pretty obvious to anybody who watched the game. Uh, obviously, Whitlock has been very trustworthy. Um, I didn't hate how Sawmore pitched the other day, so there's that. <laughs> I agree with you that um, – uh, what's his name is just kind of there. Phillips Valdez. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of exists. Uh, Robles has been fine. Uh, fine. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Matt, Barnes still, Matt, Matt Barnes still sucks. 
Frazier still sucks. And I'm, I'm personally not sold on Cutter Crawford yet. Fair. That's fair. Uh, fair. And I don't think we really need to get into Austin Davis. No. Uh, Real quick. I find it very funny how the Red Sox just decided to not use Matt Barnes in any high, high leverage situations. Yeah. I was going to mention that. That was kind of interesting. They they said he had a uh, tight back. No, he was like bad, good. And was bad at baseball. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'll I'll go real quick. Let's see. So obviously the number one most trustworthy is far and away Garrett Whitlock. Um. I would put number two Hansel Robles because I love him and he is closer experience, so he knows what's up. Three is a uh, close number. Three is Jake Diekman. That dude has some stones. Um, is there anyone else I really, really trust in here? You're not um, going to put the Sawman on there? Sawmore, yeah, I, I think he's he's just all right. He's a very – if he came in in the seventh inning, eighth inning, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, that's a good move. But other than that, I, I didn't get a chance to see Cutter Crawford too much this weekend. Um, so he's still a work in progress. Uh, I will say – I I won't recognize Ryan Brazier as a member of this team anymore. Um, That's fair. Yeah, Matt Strom. He you know he got he got the job done, but he also pitched himself into trouble against the Yankees. So we'll see we'll see where that goes. He it looked like he could be a little wild at times. And then Phillips Valdez is a complete anomaly to me because <laughs> yeah. he can be so nasty at times. And so we've seen he's gone on stretches where he does not give up runs for a month or he has seven strikeouts in a game against the Yankees. And then other times he just poops himself. It doesn't make sense because the movement on his pitches are ridiculous. I want to like him so bad, but he just sometimes loses it. And I probably missed a couple others. They probably. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Also it's, it's, remembering that Josh Taylor is on the IL, but he'll be coming back relatively soon, which hopefully means Brazier Davis is gone. Yeah, I, I'd assume that Davis would go because they're lefties. Um, but, I mean, get someone up here for Ryan Brazier. I mean, whether it's it's Durbin Feltman already, I'd take that. I would take honestly yeah, just... Fitzgerald? He can Thank pitch. you for finally joining the hype train. I didn't realize how good he was. I kind of started listening to you talk about him and looked at his stats. And I'm like, okay, he's actually <laughs> like pretty good. Um, I take literally anyone over Ryan Brazier right now, anyone in the minor leagues, anyone who's not even employed by an MLB team right now, some dude off the street, anyone. I don't care. Just I get think Ryan Fitz, Brazier should try off. pitching. Honestly, yeah. Hey, Mitch Marlin's a free agent. Get those two seamers up here. Oh, yeah. Mitchy two seams. Yeah. <laughs> literally anyone else, please. <laughs> Um, real quick while we're on the bullpen still, I wanted to mention I was like blown away by Deekman's um at like against the Yankee. He started off with that long ass at bat against Judge. Um consistently I was like, Oh man, he Judge has him, like Judge has him, Judge has him, Judge has that pitch, and he he finished it. Um and then three strikeouts for that was just impressive. And the moments and the players that he saw was that was impressive. And um we talk about a lot, we mentioned stats and how they can be misleading for what a guy has to do on the field and how they don't translate. But that guy stood up there, faced the best three of the Yankees lineup and some of the best hitters in the league and just struck them out, and that was pretty dope. 
Yeah, I mean, I I honestly didn't feel that great when Diekman came into the game because the no. appearance that we saw before that, he pitched a third of an inning, he hit a guy, he walked a guy, intentionally walked a guy, and gave him an unearned run. So I was yeah. like, okay. Spring training doesn't great. matter. No, that was a regular season. That was game one. What? Was... Yeah. How do I not remember that? I, I don't I, know. My head's in the clouds sometimes. Yeah. So that that was kind of the last impression I had from him. So I'm like, okay, this is a little questionable. I don't really know what's going to happen. And like he kind of starts getting behind a little bit. And then boom, strikeout, boom, strikeout, boom, strikeout, Sox win. I'm like, wow. That, I mean, it was an incredible performance. He struck out the side. Like the last time we really saw that from a closer was like Craig Kimbrell. Matt Barnes doesn't really do that. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that Cora didn't even like get Barnes up. Like when I came, Love like it. when we were getting, when we were getting close to the ninth inning, he knows. He knows that Matt Barnes is trash. Yeah, it's so like, why does um, he put Brazier in the game? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> because because Joey, he feels sorry for Ryan Brazier at this point. He, yeah, that he, a pity inning against the Tigers. He didn't realize it was tied. I guess no, but he he thought that you know like he some like he had the assumption that. Like, you know, he would be just good enough to get out the Tigers, like three guys on the Tigers. Like he was like, there's no way you can be this bad that you can't get out three Tigers. In a yeah. Game. Yeah. Well, maybe that. Yeah. I didn't realize Ryan Bridge was good last year. He'd have won well, yeah, ERA he, in 13 games. Down the stretch, he was he got outs for us. And that's why yeah. that's why he's going to continue to be thrown out there, but I, I really just don't think he has it. Like he can I mean, totally prove me wrong, but he's never going to be someone I trust. I'd rather he proves me wrong in AAA and then gets the call back up. than just keep doing this up here. Um, and I sure. mean, again, this is not an overreaction four games into the season. I think we've seen enough. <laughs> well, we, and we knew it coming into the season that he was probably the weakest link of the bullpen. Yeah, I think I know I picked him. And I think one of you also picked him to be the Pablo. Sandoval I did game. too. Yeah, yep. we know. We know. He's not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, He's unfortunately I mean, proving me right. Proving yeah. us right. Yeah. I mean, outside of the holes, outside of Ryan Brazier, the Sox bullpen was incredible in that series, so I got to give that to them. I mean, even today, honestly, like, yeah, they lost the game, but. One of that was Ryan Brazier, the other was Austin Davis. Those are the two worst guys in the team in the in the bullpen. Um, outside of that, they were solid. And again, we only gave up three runs today. The problem was the offense. Also, so bullpen's been like, solid. You didn't you didn't see Whitlock today either, and you know that's a pretty good game from the bullpen if you don't see Whitlock or Deekman. Yeah, Barnes had a scoreless inning. You didn't see Robles, Deekman, or Whitlock. Or Sour Moore. So you didn't see your three best relievers, oh. your four best relievers. Yeah, so I'll take that. I like what the bullpen's got. And honestly, even the rotation hasn't been that bad so far. I don't know if that's uh, sustainable, but... I disagree. No. Okay, well, they yeah. haven't gotten the innings, but none of them have really had, like, a flop. Yeah, but no one's getting the innings because they're they're setting everybody on a pitch count right now because they didn't get enough time in spring training to get ready. Yeah, yeah that's just a baseball thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pavetta the other it's day really only made two bad pitches, the two home run balls. I will say AC left Pavetta in the game a little too long for my liking. That is true. I yeah. think he was pushing him a little too much. Yeah. I I mean, I didn't get to watch a ton of it, but I just I saw a lot of hanging hanging balls from Pavetta and from Evaldi. 
Evaldi was just throwing some yes. real ducks in there, like right down the pipe. Like there was one that Stanton took and it was like just a, a hanging, like breaking ball just in the middle of the zone. And I was like, thank God that, you know, John Carlo doesn't have that much going on out there because any, any sensible person would be like, yeah, I'm going to smash this. Yeah. Yeah. Well that home run Rizzo hit was just the flattest splitter ever. It did not, it did not move. And that ball was crushed. Well, let's remember so. here that we didn't get a normal spring training. So these guys aren't fully ramped up. Like it's like 2020 yeah. where they didn't get a full spring training. That's, like it's going to take fair. a little bit of time to get back into the room, yeah. especially as a pitcher. And that's why I don't get why the bats aren't, aren't doing yeah, anything. Exactly. It's, it's ideally, ideally it's like that for the other teams too. When your bats pick you up. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I honestly, yep. it has been like that for in the four games we've played. We have not given up that many runs. We just haven't scored any either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say though that opening day we should have won that game. Um, that yeah. that DJ LeMahieu home run was the most juiced ball home run I have ever seen. All of those homers were stupid. Stanton hit like not, a three hundred foot homer. That wouldn't have gone out in any other stadium. Yeah, there, yeah, you lost because of two unicorn home runs. Yeah, it was. That's and just, also, that's also, Laz Diaz is awful. Oh my god, he sucks so bad. So that was part of that too. Yeah, we should have won that game. Up where he left off, yeah, last but like year. he screwed us. Yeah, yeah, but like Laz also was like he, the calls were in our favor just as much as they were against us. Like they were just bad altogether. Like I mean, aside of aside from that, Laz Diaz just bad at his job. I want that out there. Like he is just an <laughs> awful umpire. Well, do we remember when he called the greatest strike of yes. all time against the Yankees last year? Yes. That was fantastic. Right. That ball awful. was a strike. I, I tell all my friends at school who are Yankees fans, I remind them how that was a strike Yes. every day. Yeah. Um, so one new thing I want to do on the podcast this year is kind of give our, our big takeaways from whatever series or whatever week we're coming off of. So what are our key takeaways from this Yankees series? Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my takeaway is that... Um, we need sale back bad. Like I, I, or in Paxton, like that, those two coming back can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. I look at this, this rotation and I'm like, I mean, I, I'm a big Tanner Hout guy and like, I like Pavetta and Avaldi, but like, it's not like, I don't like the, the prospect of throwing out, you know, how every five days at this point, or, um, you know, or, you know, I guess part of it is compounded with the fact that I'm just like, you know, everybody's like kind of rusty, but at the same time, like this is just, it's just like, you need someone electric up there and it's, we don't have that right now. Yeah. I like that. I, I think the back end of the rotation is a little shaky to say the least it's, and it's not so much a problem with the back end of the rotation. I just think the front end of the rotation is weak relative to other teams. Front starters yeah and i mean like especially like i listen i love nate evaldi but i didn't like i'm getting tired of seeing him on opening day like he's good like don't get me wrong but like you know you've got guys in the division that are going throwing out like cy young candidates every single every single opening day and i just don't feel like we have we have it but it's just it hasn't been present and that's just us being you know missing sale over the last few years yeah, that's that was one of the best parts of getting Chris Sales. We had that big name ace that's not just the best pitcher on our team, but one of the best pitchers in the league. And yeah, they're definitely missing that. I just kind of sit here and I, I worry about 
waiting for that that messiah of sale coming back and we've been over this last year like it's the same kind of thing that happened um i'm just disappointed because i kind of feel like we should have seen this coming um we should have seen this coming with we were missing that top guy with sale we can't hold in the we can't have faith in that because last year we did and it bit us in the butt um we also kind of saw this situation the bottom of our order coming um i'm i i still think i'm just disappointed we couldn't fill someone that was a little bit better than those three guys we talked about um so i mean not really surprised i don't know yeah i mean i think we as like a podcast definitely saw the stuff coming i think a lot of fans did i honestly i'm still not really sure why heim bloom kind of left some of these holes unfilled that's my biggest takeaway from the series is there's just a lot of gaps left well the lack of youth there like the lack of of potential is is strange like just just early this season to just trot into the year with this like like lack of of potential, like you almost want to set up yourself to stride mid season by developing these guys early. And the only mouth. like really young guys you have in the lineup are Devers and Verdugo. Yeah, Dahlbeck. And I guess Xander's not super old either. But like everybody else is like either like high twenties, early thirties. Like there's just not that much like. I mean, Dahlbeck's are huge, but. But where where is that in the utility? Like there there just seems to be opportunity to insert youth into this lineup that we just are not doing. Yeah, there's that youth factor, but there's also like the we don't have like a Renfro in terms of like Heim signed Renfro as this guy who had the potential to break out, and then he yeah, did. Yeah, we well, have JB, none of those guys. JB is the opposite of that. JB JBJ is is like you, you he's he's as advertised, which is wonderful. He gets you your glove. <laughs> But I, I don't even need to say the alternative. Like it's just it's what we've been over. It's been years. So. I don't know. It also just is like it's frustrating to see other teams bringing up their like top prospects and Heim kind of delaying that. And like I understand, like you know, you don't want to rush a guy up, but like uh, Bobby Witt or DeWitt Jr. on the Royals has been playing real well. Like it'd be nice to see like a little bit more urgency from the Red Sox front office, and I. I mean, I the report that you sent us earlier, Jason, about them like talking to Conforto, like reaching out. That that shows me that they they realize that something isn't quite right here, which is you know somewhat reassuring to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later too. But yeah, I mean, I think they do have to realize. Um, I'm going to keep saying it. It's not an overreaction. I know it's four games in the season, but these are things that we saw coming. It's not like we expected big things from these guys and now they're not performing four games in the season. We're freaking out. We knew these were problems. And so this isn't a reaction to four games. It's a reaction to the offseason. Like this is just a continued problem uh, that I think needs to be addressed. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if we finished our biggest takeaways, but I feel like that's good enough. Um, so I, I want to, yeah. yeah, just real quick. I, I do, yeah. I do have a little bit of faith in the, the spring training um, when it comes to the pitchers. I think that development will come a little bit and I yeah. want to make sure that we have, or I state the opinion that, that I do, you know, don't overreact, but it, like I do have faith that it'll, it'll kind of straighten itself out a little bit. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, we do have a ton of questions, so I do want to get to those because those will actually cover a lot of good topics for us. So it is time for the first GJ questions of the 2022 season. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was quite the intro. That made me really, that made me really excited. Um, all right, well, let's get it. Um, so first question is possible trades for a starter. Um, 
Frankie Montas. Oh, yeah. The Sox have had scouts at his games. Just do it already. Pull the trigger. Yep. Four games in the season, make a big trade. Why not? Yeah, that, that yeah, that seems kind of unlikely. Hey, hey Bray Frankie. Ray's made a trade on opening day. Ray's made a trade on opening day. So <laughs> all right. Okay, cool. Um yeah. uh Brazier should never pitch again. Yeah, fair. Okay. Um, yes, not a question, but I agree. <laughs> um give me one sec. Uh question Can Deacon continue the dominance he showed yesterday? I mean, so if he was a younger guy, I'd be a little like I'd be questioning it. But because he's a veteran and you this is like his track record, he's been this his whole career. This isn't new. He's done it uh, before. I think, yeah, I think that's a good indication that you'd imagine that it would continue and imagine that it wasn't just a, a one time thing. When, like you think I mean, it would he's continue. Got the stuff. Oh, he's like, nasty. Yeah, it's just the control like, that's an issue. But if he locks that down, then he's good to go. All right. <laughs> um, when will Cora realize that our pitchers can't go six plus? I don't think he's. Everyone's pitched like four yeah. innings. No one's tried to go long, right? Yeah. Well, and even with that, it's like I don't know. It's that spring training thing. The, the pitchers are still being stretched out. It's not really a big concern. Like the pitching is going to be a, a question mark, a rather big question mark for probably the entire month of April, but. Yeah, I you know I think it becomes a problem if it continues in the May, but I, like I'm not worried about it right now. I have very low expectations for the starters. It's more about the Red Sox out slugging the other team, which they just yeah. haven't done yet. I Again, mean, the the starters haven't been that bad. I mean, they've had short starts, but that's what happens early in the season. Waka went four and a third. Hauk went three and a third. Pavetta kind of got pushed out to go five and two thirds, and I think Avaldi went like five, four. No, well, the, this is what happens when you have when you don't have a real spring training and like you kind of have to expect that with these guys. I mean, you know, they're still getting warmed up. They're still loosening it out, figuring out all the kinks that they got up from, you know, the offseason. Like having the expectation for guys to come in and give you nine like or seven, even like that hasn't happened the entire year. Doesn't on any baseball team. Sean Manai had a no hitter going and he got taken out because that's what happens. And it's not going to happen for a few more weeks. Like, yeah, relax. It's all good. It's all good. Trevor Story was out in the lineup today, and everyone was freaking out. Why is he out for two straight games? Why do we sign this guy? He's sick. Relax. Chill. He's playing tomorrow. Maybe. I think I think they said he was. Maybe. Yeah, he's fine. He's uh, just sick. I he's hope fine. I'm right. I don't know why they didn't have Bobby D in the lineup today, but. Yeah, give, give guys rest. It's fine. It's easy. We're good. It's all good. Not for Travis Shaw. Yeah, dude, whatever. Um, Deakman or Barnes? Who do you or Deakman? 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 Anyone over Barnes? Anyone over Barnes? The first part of the question, interesting. Uh, you would phrase it that way. Uh, easy. We Deakman. could like we could not um, even have a winning season this year. But if Matt Barnes isn't pitching in a save opportunity, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anyone else in the bullpen that you think they should explore in that role? I guess would be a good. I kind of like the. I mean, I don't like it. I wish we had a set closer, but I, I kind of like how they're going to give different guys opportunities because I think it's we a... have multiple guys who could become the closer. It could be Robles. It could be Deekman. Could be Sawamora. I don't think it should be Whitlock. I like him in a multi inning role, um, so I'd keep him kind of away from that unless we're desperate. But we have a few different guys who could step up as the closer. Well, and again, I bring up Josh Taylor. Like, let's not forget, you know, he 
he's coming back in a little bit. Like, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily step into being a closer role. You know, he didn't show that he was great in high leverage early in the year last year, but he seemed to show up more towards the end of the season. So, you know, that could be another potential fit. I, I agree with you, Jason. I think we have a lot of options in terms of like who we put there. Yeah. All right. Um, who's going to step up at our, and be our unlikely hero this year? Um, last year was Renfro. What would this year be? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, the first guy who came to mind without thinking about it was Christian Arroyo. I think he's just kind of on the up and up, and I think he is just going to keep kind of breaking out. Again, could become the starting right fielder. I think he has a lot of potential, so he could become that guy. Um, and there's not really a whole lot of other additions, so that's kind of Ryan Fitzgerald. Maybe you never know. I um just like from watching the first four games of the season, someone who's really impressed me and already stood out has been Verdugo. Like I know that's an easy thing to say, but like you know, he's even. I feel like he's even progressed more since last year, and like despite the fact that he really didn't get us, like no one really got a spring training, so. I think he's just becoming more and more of a star. And I think this is just a year where he's really going to put that on display. I mean, I don't know if this is something I've said, but I think he's going to be an all-star this year. I think he is just super talented and he's going to, he's already kind of started to break out, but I think this is just kind of going to be the year where he really kind of shifts into like the, the conversation for like a star player. You can tell he's entering his prime. Yes. I just saw Baez's home run for the first time. Get get oh. Ryan Brazier off my team. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got. <laughs> you want a that's, bold that's prediction for an unlikely hero? You're or maybe it's Michael not so Walker bold. again. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no. I I feel like an unlikely hero maybe for the for the season would be a guy like Tristan Cassis, someone who who we yeah. may not see until the summer, but once he gets here, you never know. Maybe maybe he he just sees major league pitching well right off the bat. Like, obviously we know how good of a hitter he is. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily expect him to hit 300 when he gets called up, but that's something that could definitely happen. He could become our first baseman. Like, I mean, he he could legitimately carry that offense if he, if he gets hot. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. And it's tough to put that kind of prediction or expectation on someone, but Tristan Cassis is kind of capable of that. He could be the guy who comes up and becomes a rock for our team and becomes one of the superstars in our lineup. That happens all the time in the majors. You've seen it with plenty of different guys who come up and instantly are just incredible. Trevor Story was one of those guys for the Rockies. He came up and was just instantly phenomenal. And you've seen Cassis hit in the minors. The dude is a monster. He absolutely mashes. He's a top prospect in baseball. I don't think there's any better guy in the Red Sox system who has the potential to do something like that. All right. <laughs> um, possible deadline starters. Uh, we already kind of talked about that. Ready to poop myself with anyone not named Nate Evaldi. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of fair. Because, we got some good pitchers. Yeah, they're good, but like you're, they're scary still. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. I the trust factor is definitely not there with with most of these guys yet. Like, I guess the only the only pitchers that I would be like very relaxed and like like kick my feet up and just watch the game would be Whitlock and Evaldi. So yeah, I mean Pavetta hangs one pitch, it's gone. Um, 
Michael Waka is Michael Waka. I, I, you can't trust that. Rich Hill, same kind of thing. You hang one breaking ball, gone. Tanner Howe could walk three guys if you're not careful. Like yeah. the, the trust factor is a problem. Yeah, but I also think you know, for pretty much all those guys except for Pavetta, like in terms of the rotation, obviously Navaldi, like. We really haven't seen that big of a sample size, at least as Red Sox fans and how they can pitch on this team. Um, so I, I think, you know, like, obviously we can be a little like hesitant and careful, but I mean, the sample size is, you know, one game or zero games in the case of Rich Hill. Like, yeah. you know, we, we can't, we can't just like overreact to like such a small sample size, which is, I think is kind of what we've been saying this whole episode is like, yeah, we're one and three, but like we know we're better than that. And you know, we would be two and two if you know if it weren't for some some dead or some juice balls. And like we would be three and one if it weren't for Ryan Brazier. So. Alex has been big on the juice balls thing. Every homer he takes the group chat juice balls. But. Dude, honestly, it's like kind of sickening, and it makes baseball really difficult. <laughs> I'm like really mad about it, and it makes me even like well, I can't get into it. The juice balls things really bothers me, and it takes yeah. integrity away from this game. Either well, way, I know it's listen, too much to get into, but my god, I want to throw up every time I see these four <laughs> runs. I think everything's tainted. And I hate it. I hate it. I feel like I, it's, I mean, I feel I hate it. It's perfect for the social media I era. People want to see dinger, dinger, dinger. I hate it. I hate it. It's fake, fabricated. It. I hate it. Sorry. Tell us how you well, really I mean, feel. It's like just. I'm just saying, like, I was sitting in my friend's dorm watching opening day, and I watched John Carlos Stanton hit that home run with two Yankees fans sitting on either side of me, and they started, you know, going crazy, pimping, like, oh, the Sox. And I was like, but that ball doesn't go out anywhere. Like, it's, that was a hit home run right there. And I, you know, so. Yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off about the juice ball thing, but that's also like they play in a little league field, so yeah. Well, they also just like I would be more okay with it, more okay with it if the MLB was upfront about it. If they were like, "Yes, yeah. we're juicing the balls," so that there are more runs, like icky. Yeah, it's kind of it, ridiculous. So they it, should be held accountable. It ruins everything about the game, and I feel like people. It was. I feel like it's literally too much of a big deal that people don't want to talk about it because when you think about it hard enough you have to face the reality of oh my god the sport that i love is like just disgusting and gross and like that's honestly i think you're right that's how i feel right now it's just too much and too ridiculous to even get into no one wants to address it because we love the sport so much and to even like let that into our heads is like it's just disgusting we're even on like a small tangent on it now like completely out of it but my god we all grew up playing freaking sports thinking that we're better than the other people because we're better not because someone from third party decided they wanted their ratings up like it's just icky and disgusting and bothers me anyway (laughs) yes um Let's move on to a happy thing. Like asking questions, get asked questions. <laughs> um, all right. Um, will we upgrade our starting pitching, starter or relief? Um, gotta, you gotta, you gotta. No question, you gotta. We gotta upgrade the starting pitching. I think we've talked a little bit about how we could do that. Um, and it's it's gonna come when guys get healthy, but I think there should be moves made outside of that that benefit our rotation and our yep. bullpen. Yep. Um, what's your opinion on Cutter Crawford? I guess. I like him so far. I know it's a super small sample, but I like him. I think he carries himself well. He throws hard. Again, super cool name. Um, I don't think he's given up a run this year, right? Or an earned run. Oh, he he's the best uh, Red Sox player to ever wear a number 50. Oh, I by can far. say yeah. that with confidence. Yeah, there's yep. no one else. Yeah. 
don't know. I, no. I like him so far. I think he has very solid potential. I mean, I'm looking at stats right now. He had a 22.50 ERA last season, but that's fine. It was one game. Uh, that was He got called up for a spot yeah. start. Yeah, that, that wasn't count. fair doesn't to count. Him. No, I think he's looked good this year. I like him. Um, I'm just going to keep the pitching questions rolling real quick. Um, thoughts on Robles back, and um, I think we, which I think love we it. Um, Deakman for closer. Uh, him and Crawford look absolutely lights out. Yep. Um, first impressions of Matt Strom. I I liked him a lot when we signed him. I still like him. I'm. I think he hasn't fully proven himself yet, but I I think the potential is definitely there. That the hair is just wild though. Like I, Eck was yeah. talking about, he's like, "That's some moss right there." We were waiting for that line, um, but it's yeah, just. We I was listening. I was watching. Was it the uh, the ESPN broadcast? And and the guy was like, "He could use some conditioner," and no, <laughs> he needs coconut no. oil, as hey. we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, could any of us hit a home run in Yankee Stadium? A five year old could. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Brock Holt's son Griff with like that giant like wiffle ball bat and like the foam ball, easy out of there. Yeah, I was talking That's about ridiculous. This. I I didn't have a home run in little league. Um, I never had an outside the park one. Like I'm really. Bothered. I never hit a home run at any level. You you didn't have inside the parkers? Oh, I, like, I didn't hit a homer out in any level. Yeah, I got a hold of one barely yeah. foul once at Forge, but I've never hit a home run. Oh, I I've remember hit that two one. Foul I was on deck. You, you actually, Joey, you might remember that one. I crushed that ball. <laughs> I was on I was on deck for that. Yeah, That's that ball funny. was smoked. I crushed that ball with this foul. Anyway, uh, that was a, a small aside. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. You have to um, Yankee Stadium. It is a little bit. Um, I hate it. I hate. I hate everything. I hate everything about the Yankees, Yankees fans, Yankees stadium, Yankees uniforms. They're doing like their opening day ceremony. They're playing like the Star Wars music, and they have the dude with the stupid voice. Oh yeah. Like number ninety nine, Aaron Judge. Number ninety nine. Like. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, thoughts on the rotation? I think we've talked about that. Um, an opinion on trading for Montas. I'm do it. Do it. Familiar. Could you could you summarize? Just do it. No, he's good. Don't worry. He's just good. do it. Former right. Red Sox prospect. Just do it. It's true. Former on the Red A's. Prospect. Yeah, he's on the A's. A's don't need their players. <laughs> the A's are in fire cell mode. Like yeah. All right. Um, why is Hansel Robles so dang good? Um, <laughs> that's from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? I didn't even notice. It yeah. You have a cute profile picture on Instagram, bro. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> So this one's, I thought they banned the shift. Why are teams still shifting? Because uh, they did. It's next year. next year. Yep. Yeah, I've changed You're my right. mind on the whole shift thing. I want it to go. Thank you. Bye-bye. sick of it. Yep. I wanted it to go. It, it's not. It like actually just more balls in play and more difficult plays for defenders sounds more entertaining to watch than people camping under fly balls. Um, this anyway. is super quick. I don't want to spend time on this at all. But have you guys like seen the pitch com system that uh, catchers have the option to use with the pitchers? Yeah, uh, there was. Seeing, yeah. I was seeing it on MLB Network how it works, and it's like fastball outside, and then you throw a fastball outside. That's I was wondering what it said in there because it said, yeah, it, it an article. I was very curious. Change up low inside. 
I, huh. I wonder how it feels in their hat. I feel like if 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 I could feel it in my hat, I wouldn't be able to use it. Garrett Cole would lose his mind. I think you would have noticed it. I think you would. Look, I can't yeah. pitch right. I got this thing in my hat. It I makes me feel weird. Right. <laughs> now, Jason, you got to do it in the Kermit voice. Come on. Joey nailed it. Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. There is something the pitch com system is really, really annoying. I don't know what's worse, that or a four-minute delay. <laughs> the four-minute delay caused the spider tech to dry up. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, I'm dropping the mic and leaving. <laughs> Joey, love you. <laughs> See you guys. Uh, wow, right. okay. Um, we just got a couple more questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Trevor needs to play short, and Bogarts can play second. Story's better defensively. I've, we've talked. We talked about this. Last I said time. that before. Story is better defensively, but you can't take the job away from Bogarts just because of not, who he is. You don't, yeah, you don't just. Yeah, screw you, Bogarts. You move over. No, you don't do that. He's your star. Yeah, um, do you think we can successfully re-sign Devers? Um, I don't <laughs> think all hope is lost at all. I think this is how negotiations go. Is my starting point. I don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> I mean, we haven't really have a good track with track record with that. Fair? Like I, fair? That's I think, fair. I think he He got offered a Jose Ramirez type deal and more he knows Jose. he's worth more than that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we I guess we can talk about it now a little bit, but the, the news came out that we offered him an extension and he declined it. And I think the report was that it was insulting or whatever. Like that's just relax with that. That's just media hype, I think, to some yeah, degree. It's it's a game of high ball, low ball. It's a game of high ball, low ball, and then a month you pick back up and and it's like it's it's not a something that you just jump at and overreact and throw headlines at. And fans, it's not something you listen to because they make money off of doing that, so don't fall for it. Yeah. I hate negotiations. The whole concept of it bothers me. Like people are just fake and lie and just like oh, whatever. It does. Yeah, it does. And and to be like, I value you for this, that, and the other reason. And then when you're on the field and then stand up in you know the upper boxes when you're negotiating, be like, you stink for this reason, this Oh reason. my god, it's like the arbitration hearings where they're like, Yeah, I love you, you're a good player on our team, and then you go to the arbitration hearings and you're like, Well, you're this guy isn't good because he's bad because of it. Your your stats compare like below league average and this this like you're just yeah, trashing like, the guy down and then you turn around <laughs> you're like you're the face of our franchise you exactly wow Joey left I don't know he's, he's got a thing um all right um is it too soon to call Bobby D the goat I have faith in that kid I do genuinely I really think the pressure's been taken off him this year which helps. It definitely I also helps. think like he knows it's his spot to lose, so he's like, "Well, why, why would I like? Why do I care? Like, I'm it's yeah. I'm just gonna go out there and do it." Yeah, man, it just, he's good. I it, there's something that makes me more confident just seeing his frame step up to the plate, um, knowing that that you know he's a pretty swing. I yeah, know. I mean, Andy was one of our top prospects, and so he's kind of getting some time now to prove that he was worth that top prospect tag. Yep. Hey, my hot take or my bold prediction at the beginning of the year was that he would end up top two on the team in home runs. So, well, he's currently on pace for. Um, hold on, hold on, wait a second. I have to use a calculator because I'm dumb. He's currently on pace for forty homers. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, when do you think Casas will be up? It has to be this year. I, I guess that's kind of an obvious answer, but it has to be this year. I don't see how they could. He seems mostly ready. So I'd say at this point, give him a month or two. Give him two months, let's say. Um, the question is, what do we do when he comes up? Because are you going to take first base away from Dahlbeck? Like, how is that going to work? Are you going to put Dahlbeck in right field? Like, that's, did, I guess, the question. Did Dahlbeck not come up? This has been a recurring question. Did he not come up as a first and third kind of guy? He did. He did. All right. But yeah. so, so is Casas. So. Well, I was just thinking, yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess you'd have to put him in the outfield. That could solve our problem, actually. Like, you put Dahlbeck in the outfield and have Casas at first. That, that's a good lineup. I, I don't know how athletic Dahlbeck is uh, defensively. I, he plays first base well. I, I haven't seen him play anything other than that. Uh, he's not yeah, bad. He's, good. He's, not bad. Handley, he's not Hanley Ramirez out there. If you throw him in left field, he's... No. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, um, I, I thought about that, too. All right, so who do you have as the most underrated player on the team? Underrated? I mean, I don't like a breakout breakout prediction, I would say. We talked about him earlier. I don't know if he counts, but Alex Verdugo, I think, is very underrated in the league. Arroyo. Yeah, Arroyo. Dahlbeck, even. Yeah. I agree with all all three of those. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's our questions. All right, that was a good crop. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, the season is back. Red Sox baseball is back. Baseball is happening, and so it's a great time to get to the games, watch the Red Sox play, watch other teams play, and SeatGeek is the place for you to get those tickets. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. Plus, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T, DUGOUT. Yes. Before Um, we go, we should talk about... um the extension yes i did want to get to that we mentioned it earlier slightly but the red Sox extended someone his name wasn't Raphael or xander it was garrett the extended um it was not garrett jacobsmeyer it was garrett whitlock they signed him to a four-year contract extension that covers 2023 to 2026 with a club option for 2027 and 2028 I, it's weird that those are real years, but they are. Um, I forget the numbers of the contract, but it seemed good. It's Garrett Whitlock. I'll take it. Like I, that, You want him locked up because he's good. Sign your good players when you're the Red Sox and you can pay them. Sign them. Make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you, Yankees. Shout out you for giving us to him. Giving us to him. Giving him to us. There we go. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh. Oh, I want. Speaking of extensions, I want to mention this real quick. Um. Big Aaron Judge turned down an extension from the Yankees. He turned down uh roughly eight years at two hundred thirty point five million, and that would have made him 
the highest paid outfielder right behind Mike Trout. So second highest paid outfielder. He's going to get more than that. It's a funny thing. And that's ridiculous because Aaron Judge is the most overrated player in the league. He's not that good. He's had like one good season. If you look at his numbers, he's just like tall. (laughs) Jason, Jason, be careful. You might get some hate for that take. Like, Give me all right. the hate for that take. He's not good. He's 29, so he's like, like low key past his prime in a way. And you look at his stats; like he's not that good. He had one good year, and his one good year was 2017, which was a long time ago. Okay, actually, he was kind of good, good last year, but we're not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> his one good year is like the year when he was a rookie, and like people didn't know how to pitch to him. Yeah, exactly. He was new in the league. Not that good. Overrated. And even like, yeah, he was good last season, but his good season last season doesn't put him on the level of Aaron Judge or Aaron Judge on the level of Mike Trout. There we go. Um, and I mean, it'll make him higher paid than Mookie Betts, which is fine because Mookie Betts is bad. Um, I mean, he's just, I don't know. The, like, you're right. The stupid thing is he probably will get that amount of money because the Yankees, he's the face of the Yankees franchise. He's on all of their advertising. It's big number 99, the judge. They have the judges chambers out there in right field. Like he is their whole team uh, in terms of a marketing sense. So they kind of have to keep him for that. What I found funny was, um, what's the dude's name? Cashman came out and told everybody the offer that he declined. I thought that was funny. He's like, well, everyone's going to find out anyways, but I respect it. That's Cashman trying to put the pressure on Judge. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, look, everybody, he declined this amazing offer. Like, what's wrong with him? Boo him. <laughs> That's Cashman covering his, his butt in case they don't end up getting him in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. Being like, see, like, we did we did this. We offered him all this money, and he didn't take it. He yep. sucks. Agree. Sucks. Yankees suck. What a good note to end it on. Yeah, I think that's an amazing note to end it on. There you have it. Um, our first episode, now that baseball is back. It's so fun. Baseball's great. I love baseball. Yankees suck. See you next time. Peace.